everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 111, Dancing in the Rain. We are now on Patreon.com. If you'd like to support Trust the Trail podcast, please check out our Patreon page, Trust the Trail. We'd love for you to be a part of our Patreon community. And by the way, stay tuned to the whole podcast because we have just posted some amazing trips that we want to talk to you guys about at the end of the podcast. On this episode, we discuss the balance between wet and dry conditions. Is there a trick to keeping your gear dry in a downpour? Can you pack up with everything wet while still maintaining dry necessities? How do you maintain staying dry through multiple days of backpacking in the rain? We'll share tricks for eating in the rain and, of course, talk all about foot care. We dive into this conversation of dancing in the rain, the suck, and the embrace. You can always join in on that discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and join our podcast family. Come hang with us and be part of that discussion. So it's kind of funny that we're talking about this podcast because <clears throat> last year at this time here in the Southeast, we were building an ark. <laughs> we, we had so much rain, we didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. This year, um, I was driving around the other day and I actually saw tumbleweed <laughs> go across the road. <laughs> And You're like, where am I? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> we're definitely in bordering a... out a hundred degrees. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, and it's really weird because you know we, the you know half of the country up north is you know still getting snow and cold, and we're like, hey, water! I need some water. I can't. It's crazy. What? It's crazy. I I know. I I can't even tell you how much water intake I've been been trying to force down and i'm still so thirsty at the end of the day i would really use we could really use some rain right now we could use a little <laughs> yeah we could use a little rain i'm getting a little worried we've had uh like this is our ninth day of in a row of like 90 degree and it's in may so i'm like oh my so god this I guess summer's this is, gonna be a killer i just was thinking which is funny because this podcast has actually been something we've been wanting to do for a very very long time um it, it, particularly with some most recent posts but but i kind of feel like this is our ode to like the rain dance so like bring on the rain come yeah, on rain. It, it could do you be. think it could be it could be so if it rains after this yeah yeah i i feel that we may have like guided it in the right direction if it rains after this podcast i would <laughs> expect the national weather service to be come a sponsor <laughs> on our show right. right well it's funny because so um this has been something uh in the works for about a month uh, when we fall saw the first post uh by paula she kind of inspired um the inspiration for this podcast we just had a lot on the docket to get to it but um it's very interesting because she initially posted um she was like hey this is my first backpacking of the season um, and it just was wet, wet, wet. They were they were trudging through wetness, um, and it was just wet, wet, wet. And she wanted to understand or suggest a podcast on the best ways to stay dry and care for your gear while you're on the trail in wet conditions, dealing with wet conditions um, after multiple days. 
And one of the listeners, or I'm, I'm sorry, one of, well, one of our listeners, true, uh, tagged on to that in the comments, which we love the engagement. And she said, hey, what about cooking in the rain? I, I need to know about how to cook right. in the rain. And this was on, we were so excited to do this episode this week. And then yet another post came out, like, immediately. I right keep before my feet dry in the rain. <laughs> I keep my feet dry in the rain. And so it just, it felt, it felt right. Yep, absolutely. And um, I believe uh, that it's a great uh, a topic because I believe this is in our wheelhouse of knowledge <laughs> since uh, my through hike uh, on the AT in 2003 was, was nothing but rain for about 23 days. And we went one 4th of July weekend when the forecast was 100% rain. We went up into the mountains on purpose to yeah. go do a multi-day yep. in the rain. Yeah. And so it's a great topic of conversation. And there are some tips and tricks that we can give you to hopefully stay a little bit drier uh, when it, it comes. But I think the biggest, I think the biggest, <laughs> I think the biggest tip um, is uh, not to, not to fight against the rain, but to become one with the rain. <laughs> <laughs> All of our listeners are like, yeah, I call bullshit okay, on yeah. that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, was, I was trying to, I was trying to get into my Zen Buddha. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's not if, helpful. No, and if if someone would have told me that too when I was uh, starting my through hike in AT, I probably would have punched them. Uh, but there is some, there is actually some a little truth, a, to a that. little bit of truth and validity to it. So uh, that's, I mean, that thus the name of this podcast dancing in the rain um because there is there you are going to embrace the suck on this one there's going to be some definite suck value and it's about finding ways to explore the positives in it and the ways to work with it uh so that you're not fighting against a, a losing battle so uh, thank you so much to Paula and Lynn and Jessica, all for your inspiration, uh, joint effort inspiration in, yeah, it's in really, making this I think podcast it's our, I happen. Think, I think it's our first community involvement podcast yeah, yeah. where the community said you should, we need some answers. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm so excited about this podcast. Yeah, very so let's, cool. I mean, let's get right into it. So I think the biggest, uh, so what was the first question was about packing up your gear and staying dry yeah i mean essentially it's a, i mean how do you manage how do you manage all your wet gear when you're doing multi-days and you're having to pack it in and pack it out and re reuse it and you're supposed to be keeping these things dry like how do you manage that yeah so let's kind of take uh the big the big one first um is setting up your tent and it's pouring rain, right? And and then putting your tent back in your backpack. So that's kind of like the biggie because that's your shelter, you know? There's some other things that can get a little damp here and there, but that's your shelter. And so let's kind of talk about the gear first and kind of delve into that. So there's a couple things that can take a little rain and there's a few things that can't get wet, depending on what kind of gear you have brought. For example, if you have brought a synthetic sleeping bag, that can get a little damp and you're going to be fine. It holds, 
It's our value. So if you brought a 30 degree synthetic sleeping bag and it gets a little damp, it's going to be uncomfortable to get in, but it's going to keep you warm. It's going to hold its R value. Where down bag, if it gets wet, you're you're sleeping in uh, wetness, and <laughs> it's not going to hold its value. So sleeping in a water bed, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So the first thing you look at is prioritizing your gear. That. And uh, it's kind of like there's going to be acceptable losses. <laughs> you know, there's going to be yeah. there's going to be a couple pieces of gear that are going to take the brunt of of the wetness that can that can maintain it, that can take it. And so there's probably you know two things right off the bat that cannot get wet, can't get wet. If you have a down bag, it's definitely a sleeping bag. And if you if you are on a multi day trip, multi night trip, it's your clothes bag. They can't get wet, can't. So the very first thing you do in the very beginning, before you go backpacking in the rain or you get caught in a, a multi-day epic rainstorm, is go back to the basics when you're choosing what sack or what bag you're going to put those in. So and I'm gonna, we're going to talk a lot about that. And I'm going to tell you like a little, the, the little myth about, hey, man, just put a garbage bag in your backpack. It's going to be great. It's going to be okay. And we're going to talk about that on why that's good, but why that isn't good all the time also. So the very first thing you want to do is you want to look at what are you putting your clothes bag in and what are you putting your sleeping bag in? Those are the two most important pieces of gear to keep dry. Well, I, what you would call like your necessities in necessity, a sense. Necessity, absolutely. Uh, that is the if you look at it, the life and death factor, that's, that is your dryness. That is what is going to maintain your core body temperature regulated where you need it to be. So that's why those are the most essential pieces to yeah, keep dry. Yeah. And I think if you can imagine like kind of a meter while you're in your tent and it's raining, happy or unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> there's no middle ground there's no middle ground there's <laughs> not kind of happy meter, my meter has a middle ground it's happy or unhappy <laughs> so happiness is a state of mind <laughs> so when you're when you're you know it goes back to the basics so let's say for the sake of argument you're good with that now it's pouring rain you've gotten to your camp it's it's pouring outside and you've got to set up your tent so the way you do this very quickly is that depending on what tent you have, this is where your pack cover and or the garbage bag in your backpack is going to help you, right? So you get your tent out of your bag. Maybe it's on the side of your pack. Maybe it's in your backpack. If it's on the side of your pack, kudos for you, right? Because now your backpack can stay dry, everything in your back. Can stay dry you put the garbage bag in your backpack um you know you've got your pack cover on hopefully you didn't put your backpack you didn't sit it in a puddle <laughs> where the dry. bottom of the back is soaking like a sponge i think every single one of us have made that mistake oh my God. <laughs> dozens of times so um you've done that and you get your tent out and you're going to set up in the in the rain the, the the fact of the matter is is that it's going to get a little wet it's going to get a little wet inside. You're trying to do the best you can. But obviously, some tents are going to be better set up than others. So, again, it's 
when you're buying gear, and we've said this a million times, is that this is the part when before you buy the gear, this is what you think of is I love that tent man, it's on sale. Okay, great. You're loving that tent on sale on a sunny day. Now look at that tent and think about it. It's pouring rain. What's how can it function? What's functionality? And most of the time, you can set that rain fly up first and pitch the tent inside the rain fly. Most of the time, with most tents, um, our tarp that we sleep under, uh, our gig is setting that tarp up as quick as we can. Where we have our rain jackets on. We have our pack covers on, we've protected our backpacks, and guess what, we're being rained on. That's the reality of it. We're getting rained on. But we have good rain jackets, we've done our due diligence, um, it's pouring rain, we've got the tarp up, and then we bring our backpacks in, we put our, uh, our floor on and we set up. Same thing with the tent, your backpack goes in, you know, kind of last, really. Your backpack can get wet, folks. Um, most backpacks can get soaking wet, and it's going to be fine. Um, even if you have a, you know, uh, uh, rain cover on your backpack, that's great. If you don't and you get caught in the rain, your backpack is going to be, it's going to be good. It, it, you just want to protect the things inside your pack. It's just like a home, if you think about it. Yeah. Homes get rained on. Yep, all the time. And they dry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's, it's the inside that you're protecting. Um, it's your clothes and sleeping bag. Yep. Everything yep. else can get kind of wet. Um, so let's, and then in the reverse. So you've kind of, it's raining out. You kind of try to set up the rain fly first. You've gone in there. You've set up your tent. Maybe you can't have that option. You're going to just set up your tent as fast as you can, have a plan, um, and really get your gear out first. Just a lot, you know, you pull out, your, you pull out your tent, stakes go flying everywhere. <laughs> your, your nut, your, your rope is all knotted. You know, you can't find your tent poles. Look, it happens. You're just doing the, you're just doing the best you can. You're probably going to get wet a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I would say that this is why we always talk about getting to learn your gear in the worst of the conditions. Um, so something Scott taught me very early on, uh, when we first started backpacking together was, Okay. Yeah. You, you can think about your trip when, and usually you naturally think about your trip when it's dry. You don't really go to the rain in your mind. You're excited about this upcoming trip. And he was like, okay, well now think about it in pouring wet conditions. Think about it when everything is wet. How do you get into your tent? Uh, you know, what are, are you bringing anything different? Now, a lot of times you can prepare for going into rain. You know the conditions. Maybe it's your environment that you're going into a wet environment in general, where that's going to change what you bring and how you pack. But more often than not, you, you don't anticipate the rain hitting and it kind of blindsides you and you're out there. Um, and that's when it's going to be really frustrating for you to maintain dryness because you're not prepared for the setup. Uh, so preparing yourself in preparation for learning how to do it. Put your garden hose out. I know we've said it before, but we're serious. Th throw the garden hose on it. Um, learn how to pack. There are, there are tents that are better suited 
uh, for um, internal structure from the inside versus other tents that, that are more external. So there's differences that you can adjust to in your setup to help you keep as dry as possible. Yeah, and remember this too, is that it, a lot of people have REI half domes, REI quarter domes out there. Remember this, your rainfly is a tarp. So you can, you can go out there and set that tarp up or your rainfly as a tent, okay? And then go sneak in that rainfly and set up the rest of your tent. So the mesh portion, the of mesh portion tent, of yeah. that. So remember that for all the REI half dome, quarter dome users for sure. It, that's kind of a easy tent to set up in the rain. So real quick, let's talk about packing up. Now you've slept. It's cozy. It wasn't raining at night. It's a beautiful night, but in the morning I gotta go. Gotta hit the trail, and it is pouring outside. <laughs> pouring. You're like, oh my God, everything's going to get wet. Well, obviously, you pack up all your gear in your tent first. You're, you know, And by the way, if you get in your tent after you've set it up and everything's been dry and you've made it, don't get in your tent with your wet sleep pants or your rain pants and your rain jacket in your tent. You're going to have to take those off before you snuggle in and you start. <laughs> and water's going to get everywhere. So take that out. Just throw them outside. It, they're rain pants. They're, they'll make it. Rain jacket. That'll make it. Just kind of put them I'm outside the, your, your vestibule. vestibule. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, when you're packing up in the in the rain, and we had this when we, uh, I think when we, we've been on boot camp before and it's been pouring rain. Um, here's the thing. So everything's been fine up to this point. You get all your stuff in your, in your backpack and you put your cup, backpack cover on. You have your rain gear on. You walk outside your tent. Um, you kind of put your pack hanging on a tree, whatever. Now you've got to deal with this wet tent. This is where the garbage bag myth goes awry. It's worked up until this point. When you pack up your tent, it's soaking wet. You're not going to get that tent dry. You can get the first part or the mesh part in your tent bag easy enough. You've done it. But now you've got the soaking wet rain fly from hell that you've got to put in your backpack. If your tent goes in your backpack, then you're going to have to, again, look at a piece of gear called the Event Compression Bag that's water resistant or a waterproof resistant tent bag that isn't, is not nylon. I repeat, is not nylon because all that lightweight stuff that you've read and watched YouTube videos on and, oh, it's lightweight, you just need this. Okay, here's what happens when you put a wet tent in a nylon bag. It soaks through the nylon <laughs> because <laughs> nylon is porous. So if you put your wet tent in this really super lightweight bag and you squeeze that bag in your backpack because you got to, because Scott and Ariane taught you how to, shove your stuff in your backpack and that you know no airspace should be in your backpack and you start squeezing that in you're really just wringing out a sponge inside your backpack inside the garbage bag that you've <laughs> that everyone told you to put in because that's going to keep your gear dry now how do i know this it happened to me in an epic way one time <laughs> Um, I put my tarp, which was a 10 by 12 tarp, in a nylon bag, squished it in there. 
um, took my backpack out after a day of not raining. It had rained the night before, pulled out, and everything in my backpack was wet. Everything. So that's the thing. You have to think about putting your tent away when it's raining. Now, if your tent sits outside your backpack, if, if that's how you've rigged it, you're fine. You're okay. Um, tents can get wet, and you're gonna be you're gonna be good to go. But but look and think about the bag you're putting your tent in if you put it inside your backpack. That way, once again, you're trying to protect your other gear from getting wet. Specifically, a sleeping bag and specifically your clothes bag. So what happens when you pack your pack? What usually sits next to your clothes bag? It's gonna be your tent bag. You know, so in your backpack. So you want to make sure. Um, and you don't have to get anything like super heavy. You know, I, I mean, I saw someone put it in a kayak bag one time, like yeah. a rubber kayak bag. <laughs> yeah. That's super heavy. Just get one of those event compression bags. Put your tent in there. They're water resistant. They've got a coating on the uh, end of the bag. Um, and you will keep your stuff dry. Yeah, I've seen uh, people use Ziploc bags. Uh, it's a lighter weight version of, of attempting. Ziploc yeah. bags will work also. Yeah. So, I mean, there are lighter weight options. Uh, Just make sure effective. that Ziploc works. <laughs> it doesn't have any holes. <laughs> I mean, we reuse our Ziplocs. So, I mean, we've we've been known to use one a little bit too too often oh yeah yeah and, <laughs> so, and the seam will break sometimes if yeah. you shove it in there too hard yeah so um just look at uh what might work for you so the other question we got i hope that helped uh, a little bit as far as packing up your tent and you know um setting your tent up in the rain yeah i mean i think the truth of it is is that you're managing a situation that is um you, you're kind of fighting the odds um, oh, the odds are against you for sure. I mean, and and, and you could have your variables of conditions um, can drastically change on you, whether it's, um, you know, pouring down versus, uh, you know, a light mist kind of thing. But essentially, worst case scenario is, is that it is very difficult to manage it. So you're not really managing it. You're working you're working with it to try and avoid the other things becoming uh, the imperative things, your essentials becoming uh, wet as well. You just, you, this is the avoidance. Not to mention the sadistic sense of humor Mother Nature has. <laughs> I mean, you know, when we, when we were on the kayak trip in the Okefenokee, when we left our last day, we were all dry. We were under a canopy. We packed all of our stuff up beautifully. We're ready to go. Jim's out there with the canoe. Yvonne's out there. Ariane pushes off. I'm the last one off. And what does Mother Nature does? And, and let it pour. And, <laughs> and, and it poured hard. poured, man, for like an hour and a half. You nothing guys lingered says, too long with that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> nothing says water than being in water while it's raining and your kayak has a hole in it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing says more water than that. That was definitely wet, wet conditions. So the the then the question was, well, how do you cook in the rain? And well, actually, tips in in trying to figure out exactly what the best scenario is for cooking in the rain. Yeah, so that's another thing that you can kind of do pretty cleverly um, if you if you look at what kind of food that you bring on the trail. So. 
in some aspects, if you know it's going to rain, then maybe some of your food items um, can be a little bit different. Um, so many times, many, many times, uh, when I was doing the through hike, um, it was raining during dinner time, and I mean, it was pouring, so you can't cook. You can't cook. And here's why you can't cook. First of all, you don't want to set your tent on fire, okay? So don't cook in your tent. The other thing is, is that even if, have the, if you have a big vestibule and you can kind of put your pot out there, well, if you're in bear country, I, I wouldn't suggest cooking near your tent. Um, only because of the smell of the food gets caught up in the nylon pores and, you know, bears can smell that stuff. And you know, we've seen, oh man, we've seen a, kind of a, a little bit more bear activity this year, um, especially in the Smokies. I know Carrie just saw a bear in Pennsylvania. Yep. Um, and so you want to, you're giving yourself better than average odds not to, you know, get a visitor during the night. But um, so cooking in the rain and pouring rain in a tent, it's out. So... If you know it's going to rain, there are some foods that you can eat dinner and not have to cook. Yeah, I mean, essentially you're looking at what are your options here? One, you can sit and cook in the rain, pouring rain, get wet and probably cold because you're not moving. You're not, you know, your activity level isn't, it's very stagnant. Um, and you're probably going to have a little bit of difficulty with that because uh, fire doesn't necessarily do well with pouring rain. <laughs> you could go away and sit under a tree, and if you have the pocket rocket or something like that, yeah, and, I mean, and you could cook. Using Mother Nature towards your advantage. Uh, but an alternative to that is just not to cook. So something Scott and I uh, both do, and this took a while for us to really develop I, – I, very seamlessly, I would say. Um, but we are essentially we're getting a little bit more creative with our cooking. So we're taking meals that are pre-cooked uh, so they don't need cooking. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to eat them cold, which is not fun. Uh, but things like that can be soaked um, versus cooked. Um, we're also looking at possible bringing alternative foods for dinner. So something that I do is I always put one or two emergency meals in my pack. And it's always a good idea to pack in emergency meals. But you're looking at maybe you just eat a bar for the night. You know, maybe you're just eating what you don't want to eat, but it's going to get you what your body needs to get through that night. Yeah, so Bars, our, nuts. Right. Ariane and I always bring cashews. You know, we always bring some sort of like a, a gorp or a cashews are great because cashews give you a lot of fat. They give you a lot of protein. They give you the oils that you need and they fill you up pretty quick. I mean, I am I'm the type of person I love to cook every single night. It's it's a mental thing for me. I love a warm meal when I'm out there. It could be 100 degrees out there and I still want to cook and I want a warm meal. But I'm always planning for that. I can't cook moment. There's whether you're exhausted, you're tired, things aren't going well for you, whatever the case may be. I always pack one to two, like what, you know, not being able to cook moments um, as a backup plan. And it always 
gets me through. It also gives me variation and options uh, to be able to be like, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling what I brought. I'm not. So I'll just eat this instead and be able to use it, you know, later. Yeah, I, I think that's what you have to do. I mean, when you, if you know it, if, if you know it's going to rain on that trip, or the odds are favorite, it's going to rain on that trip, you're going to want to pack something that you can eat that you don't have to cook. Um, that's part of the trail life sometimes that does um, suck sometimes. Um, if you're on the Appalachian Trail, obviously, and there's a shelter, um, most people would go cook in the shelter and they wouldn't have to worry about that. Well, of course, now, you know, the ATs experience a lot of bear issues near the shelters. So I don't think, I think the, you know, the, you know, the chickens have come home to roost on that particular <laughs> yeah. issue on the AT. But if you're in your tent or or even in a hammock, and by the way, if you're walking around with a hammock or hiking with a hammock, you really almost have no problem setting up or taking down in the rain. A hammock is a beautiful way to uh, do that in, in the pouring rain. Cooking may be a little bit of a different issue. So, yeah, you're not gonna, always going to be able to cook in your tent. In fact, you shouldn't cook in your tent unless you have a tarp you know and that it's high off the ground and 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 you can you can do that um most tents now they have a bigger vestibule if you can lay on your stomach and cook a little bit outside with a, uh, your water and your uh your fuel source is away from the tent that's a good thing but yeah it you're still you have to be careful if you're in bear country with the smell of the food getting inside your tent and soaking in. So if it's pouring rain, your best option, put your rain gear on, go sit under a big tree. Yeah. I mean, there's so many opportunities to Let use the Mother tree Nature. act as cover for yes. you and um, cook about 100 yards away from your campsite. That is the best option if you want a hot meal. And then you're going to have to get back in your tent, hang all your food, get back in your tent, take your rain gear off. And uh, it, could, it might be uh, might be a long night. Yeah, <laughs> truthfully, yes. Um, but the, there are very viable options for, uh, you know, al alternatively thinking or creatively thinking otherwise. The pre-cooked food is the best. You know, you have, uh, you know, we bring um, bagel and pre-cooked bacon. Um, it's pre-cooked bacon. So if you want a bagel bacon sandwich. Don't have to heat it um, up. And you don't want to he heat it up. That's a great sandwich. Uh, peanut butter and jelly great dinner sandwich there's a lot of um sometimes you can go to your store and get those little buttig meat um little things they're like 99 cents um and get some like deli meat make yourself a sandwich for dinner uh you don't have to cook cheese you don't have to cook you know bread you don't have to cook the thing it's very lightweight um you get a little bit of a nutritional value there put on whole grain bread or something make yourself a sandwich or bring that um meal with you that you don't have to cook. I think once you start really meditating on things you don't have to cook, um, oh, you really they, can start getting creative. I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things, cereal. There's so many things I can eat out there that I don't have to cook. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, really good point is, is creatively thinking. Don't just take, I think all of us navigate towards, oh, backpacking food. What are the basics? And, you know, you have like a list of 10, uh, you know, granola, 
uh, nuts, beef jerky, so on and so forth. But think outside of that. Um, there are very creative, lightweight options um, as more emergency meals that are maybe not the healthiest, but they're going to be suitable for you to move forward. Yeah. I mean, you could bring an oatmeal. They're heavy. I, oh. I don't bring them out in the back country, but you don't have to cook that either. They It's a chemical reaction. has its own heating pad. Cooks. Boom. It's hot meal. Um, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to light a fire or, or anything. But they, they are heavy meals. Um, they're actually made more, a little bit more for the cycling community than they are for the backpacking community. But REI sells them. So there's a lot of different creative ways to cook in in the pouring rain. Um, just uh, you're doing the best you can always. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's it's pouring rain. So <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get wet. <laughs> you're going to get wet. <laughs> so speaking of getting wet, your feet. That's a big one. And your feet are going to be wet. Well, I love Jessica's question. Jessica, thank you for posting it. Uh, she wrote, uh, I'm trying to teach my kids how to hike and keep their feet dry. They went through all their socks in less than 24 hours and had to put on damp ones for the hike out. Well, Jessica, the good news is your kids learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Hiking with wet socks on sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does suck. I wonder. I wonder. What, I wonder what that conversation was like. Where's the solution in it? No, oh, they probably have the same expression on their face as I did, um, <laughs> or any backpacker does. Yeah, um, it's just not comfortable. No, um, but we do have a couple tips for you. So, the first thing is is that if you go, if you're hiking all day, and you've experienced a lot of rain, or you know again it's going to go rain, there's a couple gear options you can look at. For people that hike in the summertime, specifically in the Pacific Northwest, um, I would say even in the southeast a little bit uh, in the summertime. But um, when the summer bloom starts and you get the tall grass uh, and you you start going out and the trail gets a little smaller because of the tall grass grows up. Well, one all of the, the vegetation, all the vegetation. One of the things that happens a lot is morning dew, the humidity. And the grass is really soaking wet. If you ever hiked in tall grass and it's sunny outside and your feet are soaking wet. Um, one of the things that you can look into are gaiters. And gaiters wrap around your ankle. They go a little bit over your shoe. So the water kind of drips off the gaiter and onto the ground instead of going in your sock. That's one of the things that you can, you can kind of take a look at. Uh, especially in the summer or in pouring rain. Uh, the rain doesn't go into your shoe. And that's kind of what you're trying to protect, right? You're trying to protect the water from getting the sock wet into the shoe in the first place. So gaiters would be an alternative to that. The next thing you do is if you haven't, if you don't have gaiters, you've backpacked that whole day and it's rained, puddles, your feet are wet. That, that night when you get in your sleeping bag, you want to you want to wring out those socks the best way you can. I mean, as much as you can. And take those socks and put them in your sleeping bag. Put them in the end of your sleeping bag. Now, are they going to be damp? Yes, they're going to be damp. But your body heat acts as a furnace at night and can almost dry those socks completely depending on how soaking wet they are. 
Don't put them in your bag soaking wet. Got to really <laughs> wring those things out really good. Yeah, they have to be damp. They have to be not damp. wet. Now, there's we, a big difference. Big difference. Now, we only carry two we only carry two pair of socks. I carry a pair of socks to hike in and I carry a pair of socks that when I get in my sleeping bag at night, they're dry. They help dry my feet. They help keep my feet warm. And so the next day, do I put on my good pair of dry socks or do I put on my wet socks? Why well, I put on my wet socks? Because hiking is going to, even if it's raining, you're drawing heat from your feet. Your feet are constantly hot. And even though your socks are going to get wet um, and your socks can cause blisters too, is that you always want to keep a pair of dry socks at camp no matter what. No matter what, that's the goal. You have to have a pair of dry socks because if your feet do get a little blister or if they do get a hot spot um, or they you know, start really feeling trenchy and wrinkly, you want to put that really nice clean pair of dry socks on to keep get those feet warm, get those feet comfy. And then after a while, like I do, I kick them off inside my sleeping bag and let my body heat dry out my damp socks. Now, for some people that slip cold, they keep their socks on, um, and which is fine. But for the most part, if you are in a torrential multi-day rainstorm backpacking, it's going to be hard-pressed to keep your feet dry unless you want to start spending money on the new waterproof socks or the waterproof water-resistant socks. They can be a little bit heavier, um, but there is some technology behind some of those socks. Um, but you, again, if you saw one problem with the feet being wet, you may cause another problem with your feet getting blistered. Yeah, I, I think also almost most important um, or almost as important as keeping your feet as dry as possible is airing them out. That's super important. one of the things that I, I don't think enough of us think about it, particularly when we're hiking in uh, more uh, colder, chillier climates. Um, but you have to air your feet out. They need air. Um, you're going to get into like a trench foot kind of situation if you never give them the, the airflow that they need to be able to dry out. You're, you're worsening your chance at maintaining blisters, even with putting on damp socks, because now you have very soft pliable skin up against wet or damp socks and now the friction becomes even greater yeah. so you've got to dry your feet out like or give them air the the best you can yeah in 2003 um which was a pretty wet year on the trail when i hiked i think we had like 20 something days of rain um people were getting off the trail because they were getting trench foot yeah i mean it's a real thing you know i mean it so, so Jessica, the thing to do with, with the kids is that make it fun. I know it's not fun, but try to make it fun. And, you know, just make sure that, um, you know, and the, 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 the kind of cool thing about it is that, you know, how often do they get to put on wet, dirty socks when they have to go to school in the morning? This is their chance. <laughs> <laughs> to live their dream. <laughs> to live a wet, dirty sock lifestyle. <laughs> But the most, the, the most the important thing is that when they get to camp, those feet have to be dry. If you go through all of your socks, at some point in time, your feet are not going to be able to get dry at camp. Um, if you can get a fire going, great. 
dry your socks out around the fire, not in the fire, around the fire. And, you know, um, give yourself that opportunity. If you don't have that fire, if it's a couple days, again, it's raining, take your wet socks off at night, put your dry socks on, but take your wet socks, wring them out as much as you can. I mean, as hard as you can and put them in the end of your sleeping bag, inside your sleeping bag. Put them under your armpits. Let them dry out a little bit. Let them dry out a little bit, and you will be surprised on how dry your socks are the next morning when you wake up. It's a huge difference. Huge difference. Um, It's very interesting because more often than not, uh, this is we're talking about wet conditions multi-day, but more often than not, you do have a break in there. Uh, whether it's wind or it's a little patch of sun, use Mother Nature to your advantage. She gives you, she pretty much gives you a dryer. Uh, put put the socks on the outside of your bag. Let the wind do their deed. Let the sun in the moments that you have, you know, do their work. Use use nature to your advantage and take those opportunities to dry out those little bits of gear. Yeah, when you know that's a good point because certainly when all of us were you know, hiking the year I did it, when it stopped raining and the sun came out for a brief moment, you bet everybody stopped <laughs> what they were doing. And the priority then became dry your stuff out. That was the priority. It wasn't hiking anymore. <laughs> so, you know, your priorities on the trail, they shift all the time um, when you're doing a multi-day hike. And so you, Ariana's is 100% right. Just you know, use what nature is giving you at the moment to, to seize that moment. And, uh, you know, if the sun comes out and you're hiking in your wet, you should stop hiking <laughs> and dry out your gear. <laughs> um, but needless to say, regardless, uh, your feet are going to be wet and there's there's no two ways around it. Um, you're working the problem the best you can. But blister care is so important because these are the conditions that often build the blisters um this is like this is like prime breeding ground for blisters oh my god so understanding foot care preparing for foot care teaching your children what to work look out for because as 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 adults we're a lot more in tune to our bodies than children are um and so kind of talking about what a blister before a blister feels like um, and identifying it and, and working working the solution before the problem even occurs. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we're probably going to get a question on this, so we'll answer it right now for you. Um, people are going to say, well, what about waterproof boots? Well, waterproof boots are only as good as you not stepping in a creek <laughs> and letting the water go above your shoe line into your sock, right? So... Yes, it was waterproof up until the time water came above your shoe and went into your shoe. So now you're in the dilemma of like, well, now what do I do? Well, we stopped using waterproof boots. And here's why. Is that once the water gets in your boot, there's no way for the water to get out of your boot. And so it's really kind of a double whammy then. Because not only is the boot soaking wet even a day later, then you're putting on your wet sock. Um, so that's kind of a double whammy with waterproof boots. I think waterproof boots in some conditions are good, but they are not good if you are going to be hiking in terrain where you're going to be crossing deep creeks and or you have to ford a small river. Waterproof boots are, are terrible 
and they're just going to hold the moisture in. So again, you know, it's, it's, you know, doing your research and, and kind of figuring out where you're going to go. But um, for our experience anyway, in the summertime, if I'm going to be hiking in a lot of rain and creeks, I'd probably hike in uh, sandals, some good Keens, yeah. uh, where I don't have to worry about my socks being wet. I don't have to worry about my shoes getting wet. Now, that's in the summertime. Now, it's out here in the southeast, but that's not a good, um, that's not something, you know, we recommend in other parts of the country. But again, you know, you live where you live, so you know, you know about your uh, geographical area better than anybody does. And that's going to change so much in how you pack and prep in going into the adventure um, because that can change so much. But uh, this is more referring to, uh, you, you know, when, when, when conditions arise upon you while you're out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, tips like uh, wearing a baseball cap when it's pouring rain um, and then you throw so you your, can see. so you can see you throw your, uh, your rain jacket over uh, your head and now you have a little brim uh, so you can see a little bit. Um, sometimes in the summertime, um, I will forego, Ariane does the same thing. We will forego the expensive backpacking pants or shorts. If it's summertime, I'll hike in a Walmart bathing suit because it's cheap and it dries really quick. I and don't hike in my bathing suit bottoms. <laughs> no, you would be different. But for guys, but no, you could Just buy shorts. That out there. No, yeah, you, know, you you have you have waterproof. I mean, you have uh, oh, you have you have shorts. You know what I'm talking about. But you can do that. Um, you know, uh, especially in the summertime when it's really super hot. I mean, you would you're gonna boil uh, in a in a rain suit or, or rain pants but so you, you got to know what the weather is you got to know the conditions you have to know where you're going elevation is definitely a big difference rain down in atlanta is much different than rain in the north georgia mountains <laughs> when it's pouring uh so and again keeping your stuff dry because of hypothermia you can get hypothermia in very warm temperatures uh in the summertime so always make sure your sleeping bag and your clothes bag are protected. So we want to kind of close out this podcast with one very important pro tip to you. When you get home, please dry your gear out immediately. Yeah, no sandwich when you get home. If you haven't <laughs> eaten because you can't cook in the backcountry, that's going to have to wait a minute. <laughs> uh, so one of the one of the um, quickest ways to ruin the expensive gear that you have just bought is to not properly dry your gear out after a lot of rain out on the trail. Um, we get in a habit of doing it after every single trip that we do. Um, and this is something that when you're out there for multi, multi, multi days, you are doing consecutively when it's dry. But when you come back from your trip, uh, you know, dry your gear out right away let it air out get all the water residue off of it um, in whatever form that may be inside outside um, but it is so imperative because that 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 mold will form so fast so quickly so quickly there's nothing that ruins more gear than mold so you know if you live in a small place like you know we do 
our gear is hung up over everything. <laughs> I mean, everything. Uh, we have, you know. It's like a circus in it here. It does. We have clothes, tarps, you know, you name it. You back flush your water filter. Don't forget to do that either. Um, and that's what you got to do. You, you have to do that because your gear, if your backpack is wet, rain flies. So a lot of people forget to unpack the rain fly or uh, your uh, rain cover, your pack cover. Um, so everything needs to get unpacked and and stay dry. And I will even give you a bonus, bonus pro tip here. That your rain fly, if you put it in the sun to say, Scott and Ariane told me I need to dry this rain fly. <laughs> leave it in the sun for a very short time. I feel like we're getting blamed a lot on this book. <laughs> they told me to hang, they told me to put my rain fly out in the sun. Um, and this goes along with your, when you're tenting too, um, UV rays um, will destroy your rain fly very quickly because your rain fly is coated, your sil nylon is coated. And so UV rays really destroy a rain fly. So when you do rain, when you do dry out your gear after rain, come home, it's sunny, put your rain fly out there, but don't leave it out there all day. <laughs> you start actually doing it worse than drying out. Let it dry out. They dry out very quick. Very I mean, quick. Very quickly. It won't take anything to dry out your gear. Devil's in the details. Absolutely. So <laughs> so we, we've got a couple of things to announce to you guys. Thanks uh, for hanging in there uh, with us. Um, events. We just posted a bunch of events um, on our Trust the Trail podcast page. That's trustthetrailpodcast.com under events. And the whole month of September, yeah, you saw the Isle Royale trip. Absolutely. By the way, we only have three more spots opening for that trip. So if you guys want to go, um, book that and don't wait because it's going to fill up. But we're going to spend the whole month after the Isle Royale trip up in the UP. So we're going to go kayaking on Lake Superior under the pictured rocks. Then we're going to go backpacking on top of the pictured rocks. <laughs> so uh, we're, going to about, we're going to be out there for an additional week, week and a half. So those events are posted on our Trusted Trail podcast page right now. So... We're going to cook out on Lake Superior. We're going to kayak. We're going to go backpacking. We're going to do another cookout. We're going to go do a day hike tour at the Al Sable Lighthouse, which was built in like the 1800s. And people still live in that thing today. It's still a working lighthouse. That's beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. And you hike right on it um, when you backpack the Lakeshore Trail. You go right through it. We're going to do that. We're going to have the Airstream there. It's going to be great fun, so we're going to do that. And I think it's between the 20th and the 26th. The 21st is the kayak trip. And the kayak trip is epic because you don't launch off the beach. They put you in a boat, and you launch off the boat, which is really cool. <laughs> and so the boat goes way God out there in Lake so Superior. I'm about this one. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, okay, let's go. And then you just get in your kayak off the boat and they just launch you right off the boat and you're right there. I mean, you know, normally these kayak trips, you know, you've got a kayak for a while, but this one, it's everything's going to be right there. Uh, they, have, they have bathrooms on the boat even. So it's really cool. So we're going to do that. You go in caves, you go through big tunnels, uh, go uh, Google pictured rocks and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. But that trip is available uh, in September uh, for you guys. So There's a bonus excited. trip that we haven't even posted yet. 
on the oh yeah right we haven't we have not posted so go keep going to the events page because we are going to stay up in the up we have another trip other than the three we have there then we have the oki finoki trip back again in november and then in 2020 a year from this month we will be going back to the grand canyon very exciting to the north rim very exciting where no people go <laughs> no a few people go there they have, they have a visitor center out there, so they've got to they've got to be going up there. But you know how much snow they have up there right now? Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, like twelve inches of snow. Wow! Right, well, there, right now. Yeah. We went, you know, a couple of years ago in May. <laughs> oh there was a God. lot of snow in May. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, you're almost at eight thousand feet. True. So, so we're really super excited. So, uh, check out the events um, section on our Trust Trail podcast page. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes and give us a good comment. It helps spread the word about our podcast. Uh, the more comments we get, the more iTunes pushes that out. A shout out always to our Facebook members. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have done this podcast. Oh, absolutely not. You know, thank you Keep guys the so much. Yeah, we, we really, we, we so enjoy it. So enjoy it. Um, and of course, a shout out to all of our patrons. We really appreciate uh, the support. Uh, saw Shirley today, Chuck, John, uh, Jerry, who emailed and gave us such a beautiful message. Thank you, Jerry, for sending us that that message. Really, really thank you so much. Uh, Suzanne, Brad, Bill, and Nick, really appreciate that. Our podcasts are always available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and Radio Public. Radio Public is available both on iOS and Android. You can also follow us on Instagram, Trussell Trail, and our Facebook page, Trussell Trail. So really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to always uh, comment, sending us feedback, and just talking to us. We talk to you guys every day. <laughs> I mean, it's now almost now daily, right? Yeah. We oh, talk to absolutely. someone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's really fun. Uh, we have a blast. I mean, it's just... It's just a blast, especially when we have like a bad day. You know what I mean? Like we have a bad day. And I'm like, hey, guess what? I know. Look at this. Someone, and it was like, and, and especially the photographs. Oh, you yeah. Know? Absolutely. So uh, it was kind of funny because sometimes we live vicariously through your eyes. That's so you know? true. So, so, true. so anyway, just remember, the trail does give you everything, everything you need. And so, more. And, and more. So trust the trail, you guys. We'll see you later. Bye.